With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Star. Quality programming for the Pan-African community. The Wholehearted Men Show. The Wholehearted Men Show. The Wholehearted Men Show. Good evening and welcome to the Wholehearted Men Show with your host, Sonic Kakamahuza. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for your continuing support. We hope our programming is providing reflective and objective moments that stimulate dialogue and change in your lives. Today we have some more nuggets of wisdom for you and I'll be sharing these and a lot more when we come back. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with Wholehearted Men after these messages. Jim, your restaurant looks great. You have a lot of new customers. Thanks, Dan. Things have really turned around. What changed? I joined Atlantic Barter, one of the area's oldest and largest barter exchanges in the Mid-Atlantic region. They really helped me grow my business. How did they help you? Well, through them, I traded restaurant meals in exchange for things like advertising and pest control services. They saved me thousands of dollars already. Do you think my business could benefit? Absolutely. The painter I used on trade to paint my restaurant picked up a cash job from one of my customers. That's great. I need new customers. Give them a call at 302-654-5650 or visit AtlanticBarter.com. They work with all kinds of businesses. I'm calling today. I definitely want to save some cash. I don't know why I haven't done this before. Be smarter. Think barter. Visit them on the web at AtlanticBarter.com to build barter into your business plan. Call 302-654-5650. That's 302-654-5650. Growing up, a visit to the dentist was one of the most undesirable experiences one could have. Today, all that has changed. I'm at Bristow Dental Care in Virginia with my family, and it feels nothing like the dentist office I knew. If my husband, the critic, likes it here, then you need to come to Bristow Dental and give it a try. It's comfortable. The people here are so friendly, you will forget you're in a dentist's office. At Bristow Dental, our mission here is to meet the needs of your entire family in a warm and friendly environment. We treat our patients with honesty and integrity, and we are conveniently open during weekends and even late hours. At Bristow Dental, we accept most PPO insurances, but if you don't have dental insurance, we can still take care of you. Call us on 703-361-0401 to book an appointment or go to bristowdental.com to learn more about us. Bristow Dental, compassionate dental services for the whole family. Uh, good evening and welcome to the Wholehearted Men Show with your host, Sonica Kamahuza. And today we have none other than um, Gus Martin. 
and um, he is uh, one of my favorite people and I'm going to explain what I mean by that in a in a second but I met Gus in the summer of 1990 and um, he happened to at that time be my soccer coach at uh, Newbury College in Brookline, Massachusetts. And um, at that time, I didn't realize that it would be the beginning of a weird and wonderful relationship. Of course, um, he's weird, I'm wonderful. Um, and we have maintained this um, this friendship now for years and years. He taught me a lot about how to be myself. I've never met somebody who is more culturally um inquisitive and um, probably the most culturally alive American I have met and always curious about other cultures, curious about other people and really somebody who understands how to bring multicultural people together into a unit. Um, so without further ado, um, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Gus Martins and Gus, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you aside from my own personal anecdotes of course uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself i will follow up <clears throat> excuse me just on your introduction excuse me i must have eaten something that went down the wrong pipe i just had an orange <clears throat> i th i think that you know i i come by that that sort of cultural inquisitiveness pretty honestly you know when you're the first generation of your family born in the United States and your parents are very, very different coming from a, a completely opposite culture in uh, from islands off the west coast of Africa that are uh, that are Portuguese in nature and African in, in, in origin and it gives you a different outlook because you know that you're very different in, in a lot of ways um, and you kind of appreciate that difference and you're always seen sort of as a mystery growing up by your friends because they don't quite know who you are so it always puts you in a very distinct and very sort of interesting place and and it you know it, it gave me a sensitivity to be able to deal with with two sides and and I've always liked it I mean I I, it, it, I always wanted to know about everybody else from anywhere in the world because I was always trying to find out as much as I could from my own family and so it was just a natural thing so when I met you I was like I think that this guy's even stranger than you know <laughs> than my parents <laughs> actually of course I'm just kidding you know we there was uh, there was a lot of commonality there right away yeah, I come out of a, a strange, um, you know, strange amalgam of, of being, you know, an American, an American born and growing up in American neighborhoods at a time that America was a great place to grow up because, you know, it was a it was a simpler time with people, kids in neighborhoods, you know, with parents where one parent could go to work and that salary would be sufficient and the other parent would normally be home kids would be out we'd be out in the schoolyard we'd be out on the parks we'd be out all day and no one worried no one worried everybody kind of knew who you are even though it was a still a relatively complex society it was big but it was much simpler but it wasn't um a time in which you had to worry so we spent time outside and and you really really got to know your friends 
you knew your friends, family. It's like time stood still. Uh, you were on the park in the summertime all day, every day. Um, times you would leave your neighborhood, your parents wouldn't know where you were, and no one seemed to really worry, and you'd come home just in time for dinner. <laughs> you'd, you know, you'd cobble together all the, the coins that were in people's pockets, and it wasn't much. Mm -hmm. you get some bags of chips and some soda, and everybody would share, you know, and that would be your lunch. But somehow, you know, you wouldn't think about eating. You know, you're just having a good time exploring the city. So, you know, so that's when I was coming up in the 70s. And um, uh, it, it really led to, I think, a very good childhood, a very fun childhood. Um, and, you know, we, you played all sports. The sport that we didn't play was a sport that, that brought you and me together, and that was soccer. Mm. Because it wasn't really in my community of soccer that was that, uh, a sport that was um, taking place at the time it just it just hadn't gotten to that point it was really a sort of an American thing where you played baseball and, and some football and, and basketball and other places and and also hockey we played a lot of street hockey and then so from there it's you know it's high school and then on to college and and uh, college at the University of Massachusetts. I did play soccer there, but it was it was a mixed situation. I mean, it wasn't very uh, it wasn't a very I would say uh, profitable time. I mean, we we just had a coach that couldn't put it all together. <laughs> so so you you have a a bunch of players that were really good, but you couldn't. We never became a team in a sense. You know what I mean? It was good athletes and decent players, but it was a very competitive time you know it's a very competitive league actually i think we were we were probably at the higher end of most of the teams but we couldn't get it together um but in out of that out of that experience is what made me see that um if i was ever going to be around a soccer environment either as a coach or whatever that i was going to try to do better than that guy did you know the coach that was uh, coaching our team at the time because he he really didn't have a sense of what to do. It was very sad because, you know, we're at, we're at a major university, you know, a major university. I mean, 25,000 people. Uh, you have really different pots to choose players from. You know, you have the suburban kids, you have city kids, you have international kids. So you could have a really strong team and it just takes somebody with the character and the knowledge to, to make it all work and unfortunately this guy didn't have it. So it wasn't the greatest experience, you know, as I look back on it. It it's something that could have been really good, but it wasn't. So I, I always wanted to make sure that if I was ever going to coach, that I was going to try to prepare myself and, and, and make sure that, um, you know, I could help the, the, the team, the players to, you know, realize their, their, their dream and, and sort of um, maximize their, their talent, um, you know, get everybody to play at their best and enjoy it at the same time. But, you know, take it seriously and, um, and grow. And I think we did, you know, for, for the most part when we were working together at, back at our school where we met. So it was, I always feel, you know, somewhat good about those experiences because they were fun times and, you know, you still remember it very fondly. At the same time, I was sports writing for the Boston Herald. So there was, those were long days, you know, because you got, when you're writing on a daily newspaper, you got to make deadline. It, it was never easy. I was stressed every day uh, until the day ended, you know, until I made the deadline and, and it was, maybe 8 30 9 o'clock at night then i could sort of relax a little bit and have to get up and do it all over the next day 
but it was fun. It was really a good time. And uh, and as a result, we've you know we've made some lifelong friendships. So you can never complain about that. Truth is, you've always been such a great storyteller. So I know that I initially said this was you telling our audience a little bit about yourself, but. Um, you know, in your typical story way, you've uh, told us a lot about growing up and, um, you know, where you came from and all that. So I think we should just dive right into the next part of this interview. So let's uh, talk a little bit about you and how you got into this whole um, coaching thing. You know, when you're when you're working with people, um, as particularly as a coach, you're in a position, you know, somewhat of a hierarchy. And you can you can use it in multiple ways some people use it uh you know incredibly wrong in a sense you know dreadfully wrong where they they can't extract their own interest from it it's there for them it's you know to make them you know to ingratiate themselves and make them look really good at you know and many times that's at the expense of the people that they're supposed to be helping that's the wrong reason to do it, I think. Um, and it's it's you know it's probably well way more prevalent than we think. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, as we saw just seeing in the situation in, in Michigan with the with the the uh, doctor that was working with the gymnast, that you know it, it can really go wrong in, in those situations. You know what I mean? If you're if you're not really uh, you know there for the right reason, and if there's not people that are, are watching you and, and making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. It happens a lot in, I think, in, in all sectors. It happens clearly in, in the NCAA because students are, are there for, uh, you know, by, you know, dint of scholarship and they there's a lot of things that they have to fulfill and coaches can go really overboard. In, in many cases, coaches being paid millions of dollars. It can happen in, in the club soccer scene, you know, the club lacrosse scene, you know, where coaches p- put these big clubs together and and you know berate the children that they that they're working for while taking those children's uh, parents' money. Um, so it can really bring out some of the worst in people, and I never wanted that. Uh, you know, for me, I I always wanted to be able to, you know bring out the best in the athlete, at least give what I had, what I thought I could offer. But at the same token, you know, be a good be a good person about it. You know, make sure that if you see somebody with some, you know, with some insecurities and some, and some things that you feel that you could tap into and understand, because we all have them, you know, find the right time and talk to the person. Um, so now you're, you're, you're sort of, bleeding into that role of of of, of mentor mentorship mm-hmm. um, but you're coaching at the same time um, you know you don't want to assume something that uh, is not right you don't want to make assumptions that are that are wrong and you don't want to interject yourself in a places and spaces where maybe you're not wanted so you have to kind of tread lightly but it's it's it, 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 it's one and the same so it, it depends on how you use it um, I always wanted to use it in the right way, and using it in the wrong way uh, is is going to get you in trouble some some at some point. You're listening to Sonica on Wholehearted Men. Don't touch that dial. 
Let's get back to our interview with Gus Martins. Here's, here's where I'm leading to. And, and it's so nice to kind of have that body of work because what are the life lessons? Here we are. Uh, how many years later, Gus? We're at... Um, it's a quarter of a century, isn't it? Anyway, there you go. A little bit more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And what are the life lessons in all of this? You know what I mean? What are the, Especially for, for men. You know what I mean? What are the life lessons about remaining using time to develop relationships you know what i mean relationships that last i mean what what are the keys and what are the secrets you know what are the keys to the to the being in a position to be to be vulnerable many times you and i have found ourselves in that position you know what i mean through this journey. yeah i mean i think the first thing is you know don't judge a book by its cover but you know that's easier said than done but even when you do you know your your assumptions. Many cases are going to be wrong. So then, so then you start to warm up to people. 
And sometimes the, the people that you stay closest with are the ones that were hardest to reach in the beginning. Mm. And, and then um, just, you know, you, you cultivate friendships. You, 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 you work at it because you know people, um, people sh you, sh you shared a, a specific point in time in your life that you can remember very distinctly. And you shared it with people that you really, um, that you really liked and you really felt were good. And so in that case, it's always worth coming back. It's always worth doubling back because it's at a time in which the next most people to finish education, then, then begin the, the work world, the work life, which is, you know, stages I mean the first job the the, the, the sort of entry-level pay you know getting an apartment and trying to establish everything and then you know your your your, your personal life you know maybe having a, a, a girlfriend or fiance getting married and then you know starting to progress in your professional life where you're you're you're, you're stepping up and you're earning more pay and 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 you're very um, I think you're very obsessed you're not obsessed by it but it, it it takes over because it's so so central to what you have to do to establish yourself and then uh then the children come most likely and that really kind of knocks you off your feet because you your focus is is, is really far more pinpointed at that time because it's your job and it's your family and it's a you know a little bit of things outside the home you know whatever if you're volunteering in the neighborhood or whatever and then you're getting older and then you recognize you know something there were people along the way that I need to talk to <laughs> I gotta I gotta find them I gotta you know these are these are great times and 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 uh, I like to see how they're doing and and so that's what that's what it becomes you you go through these processes and then you look back and you say wow you know um, I wonder how he's doing I wonder how they're doing it would be nice to talk to them. You know, technology help, makes it a lot easier. It helps everyone get in touch and find each other now much easier than before. Um, and I think, uh, you know, people avail themselves to it. So I don't know if I, I think I strayed a little bit. but No, no you've, you know, it's funny because as you were talking, like earlier when you and I were talking <laughs> offline, I kind of told you how, for me, the mentoring, the primary mentoring I think that you, you, you have provided throughout my life was, was connecting you know, learning to connect because I can recall the days would be like driving out to Fall River, you know what I mean? Yeah. To go yeah. connect with, you know, some Cape Verdean guy who, you know, yeah. some childhood yeah. guy or we would drive out to some place, yeah, you know. Go hear, and go hear some music, go see some people. Go see some people when you would, you know, conscript us to join, you know, some ethnic soccer team, you know what I mean? <laughs> to go and <laughs> To go I know, and, I know. to go we and play there. somewhere in some shrubbery somewhere, you know. I know, I know. And and to me, you know, you would, I probably learned the value of what it's like not to leave your friends behind. Yeah. And yeah. what it's like to have, because you know, some of the people that you introduced us to, people would be like, "What the heck? What's this? Who's this guy? What's he? You know, this guy ain't doing nothing but." But drinking and telling stories about yeah. chicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and he really doesn't have a job. But it was like somebody from childhood who people that peaked early in their lives. Exactly, but but no judgment. You know what I mean? That's no, that's exactly what I learned. Because, yeah, they weren't because they're not um, they're not somebody that's going to they're not going to put you in any dangerous situation. Right. You know, you're, you're most likely going to be with them in their house, or you might go to a club, or you know. But they're, they're going to look out after you. They're going to make sure that the that the extended network that's there of friends will look out after you. So it's not, and it's, it wasn't, you know, there weren't ever really any situations like that, but you know, good people. I mean, still from, from very decent families, from families that were, you know, together. And, and, um, and so, you know, it's your, your friends come in all different, you know, sizes and shapes, right? Don't touch that dial. For the best news, entertainment, and talk shows, stay tuned to My Star Radio. We'll be right back with Wholehearted Men after these messages. Kojak Media is an interactive video production company that produces and packages high conversion videos for distribution. With over 20 years of production experience for television and multinational businesses, we know something about how to build a successful brand. We can help turn your business around using the most powerful marketing tool ever created. Video. Videos build trust. Videos uses a combination of sight, sound, and emotions to convey a great deal of information within seconds. This is why over 70% of buyers will make a decision whether or not to buy after watching your product video. Let's discuss your business. Kojak Media. Sharing the power of video. Call Kojak Media on 302-450-4888. So now you own a business. That's cool. And now you have a Facebook page where you can share images of your products with your small circle of friends and last year's customers. That's also cool. What is not so cool is that you are overworking yourself every single day in an effort to attract customers. And so far, it hasn't happened. There is an easier, less stressful way to do this. Talk to Orange 3 Media. They will build you a fully functional website with automated blog posts and social media integration in under 72 hours for $500. Yes, $500. Go to orange3media.com or call them on 302-213-4315. 302-213-4315. Orange 3 Media. Digital solutions for small businesses. Get on the web. Let's get back to our interview with Gus Martin. I was talking to another friend of mine who is a basketball coach and he's been coaching for like 28 years. Uh, and he coaches 8th graders specifically. And he was talking about how he did not want to be like his coach. Like the person who had the biggest impact on him was this coach of his from high school. And this coach, he knew that he never wanted to coach like that guy. And that became his drive. In in your case, I will tell you that what made what did it for me probably was the fact that you were a relationship person. I, mm-hmm. I always found you to be the kind of person who was more interested first in the relationship um, of just creating you know creating relationships not only with players but making sure we had relationships with each other that. Regardless of whether we were winning or losing, in fact, our first season was a losing season. I mean, right. but yeah. 
yeah. We had so much fun losing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because we were just having so much fun in each other's company. Yeah. That um, it wasn't such a big thing. That it was a, it was a, it was a special time because the group was really uh, the group was united. I mean, think about it. We had we had two boys on the team from New Hampshire. In many cases, these are these are probably white Irish boys from New Hampshire, very like the, the boys that I grew up with in my neighborhood. You know, there were teammates with me on just about every sport I played, but most likely wouldn't even have any sort of friends just over the border in Massachusetts. You see what I mean? So they're 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 just a little different because of a border that, uh, a state border that separates us so they're coming into Massachusetts into uh, my space essentially but they're like you know guys that kids that I grew up with you know what I mean these are the same kids I grew up with I look at their faces I see people that I knew you know I see I could see their families so it was so natural now we have Gino from Congo we have Claude from Congo you know, from the heart of Africa, you know, the probably the the richest single country on the face of the earth, you know, um, bringing their, you know, the, the sort of francophone, Afro, Afro-francophone culture to the team. Really tremendous guys, you know. Who else did we have? We had some other boys that were close by. And then we had you, the guy that, that pulled it all together, um, that had this kind of gift of, of of this this comedic flair, this this sort of you know more intellectual kind of ability to bring a sort of quasi street, quasi intellectual, <laughs> you know, mixed you street, know streethood. <laughs> yes. So you you could you could you could sort of hit them with with one side and then pick them up with the other. Or, or 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 start with the other and pick them up with the other. So, for instance, they didn't quite know, but they were very very fascinated by you and they very and they liked you. And the, the 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 thing was, everybody had the right personality. It was like let's have fun about this thing because we you know we weren't going to win in year one. You can't win with half a team. We only had half a team. You know, we were hiding a lot of players. Into that mix, we had the South Americans. We had Jorge. You know. And, no one quite knew Jorge's game. Jorge had the, he had the more of the temper, right? He had this temper in the game. I mean, he, he couldn't accept anybody. Was his father a drug best. dealer or wasn't his father a drug dealer? Oh, I yeah. don't know. I don't, don't quite know. I know he was, his father was in Venezuela doing some kind of business. Let's get back to our interview with Gus Martin. So what are the hardest lessons you've learned about being a man? Um, the hardest lessons about being a man. I mean, it's. I mean, I, you know, you're tested all the time, really. Um, I mean, I think you know you have to be. It, it, it's a very difficult question. I, I I don't know how to to sort of deal with it. I'm, in a sense, there's. I think that you have to be. Um, I think the thing about it is is looking beyond yourself. I mean, for instance, you know, finding people that you think need a little bit of support um, 
and and helping and helping them you know what i mean like talking them talking them through issues talking them through um situations i mean those are some of the hardest things i mean because you're always decisions you know uh i've made some bad ones you know um but you know they weren't completely catastrophic you're always going to be you're always going to be challenged i mean a hard thing was probably always just trying to be a good family guy try to you know be there for your children uh which was the most important thing um you know supporting them and then you know trying to set some kind of example you know where you the the way you interact with your wife in front of them the way you interact with your family in front of them uh you know uh, I'm not a big drinker but you know I'll have a beer or or some wine but not overdoing it so you're in a situation where you um you know say or do something that you re- regret later um just trying to be be consistent um it's you know it's not it's not easy i mean because there's this expectation that you're always supposed to be macho and always supposed to be masculine and have all the answers and you don't you know sometimes you're going to you, you know you're you're not going to be completely informed on everything and you're going to make some decisions and they won't turn out to be the right ones and then you look back and say you know it's a lesson learned so i mean you know that um always try to think things out as much as possible and it, the most important thing probably is having you know having some friends that that are good listeners and and you know have been through a lot who can help you you know and and when you need when you're at a situation where you need help you know reach out because it's so important to you know understand <clears throat> you know where you are at, at a specific point in your life and you know recognize that if you need help that you go uh you go try to get it Well, you you kind of walked yourself into this one because you you brought up masculinity and you talked about masculine. So you define it in your eyes. What what uh, what does it define as? I mean, I I, I still think it's I mean, I think it's I think it's being a I, I think it's being a, a leader you know, when it calls for leadership um seeking out advice if you don't have the tools for that leadership um uh recognizing that you know you could be in the middle of something and if you can help somebody you know uh, if you can you know you see somebody vulnerable that you can help to step in it gets more dangerous you know as you get older uh, or it gets more dangerous as the as the society you live in gets more dangerous and when you live in a society that's like you know no snitching and things like that you know people don't want to involve themselves but um you know you you have to know right from wrong and you have to be able to read a certain situation um I mean it's I don't know if there's any easy answers on this. I think that um you really have to um 
set a good example. You know, if you have children, set a good example. I mean, don't, you know, uh, put them first. Uh, don't run the streets when you could be at home, you know, making sure that they know where you are and that you're accessible to them. Um, putting their needs first, you know, picking them up, driving them to where they have to be, helping them with their schedule, making sure that they keep, you know, their appointments, uh, be on time. Um, and I think um, that, extending that, you know, beyond yourself. Um, you know, we, uh, I was coaching in uh, youth soccer you know, when my son was like six or seven, we had, and and he dropped out at about eight or nine. He just didn't, you know, athletics wasn't his, but his thing. But I stayed with it, and I had a co-coach, um, a gentleman from Jamaica, and he was his son kept playing, and you know, we had a couple of kids. The majority of the families were sort of white collar, you know, very well educated people, and. We had a couple of kids that, that weren't, um, they were Central American kids. And they, you know, they sort of needed that help. You know what I mean? They needed people to help them uh, pick them up and, and, um, and it, you know, and to call them. You be there at 4.30, make sure you have all your things, you know, your, your boots and your, your shin pads and your, your socks and, Invariably, he'd come out of the house. He'd only have one shin pad, and <laughs> only, have, only have one sock. You know, so you now you know that you you're carrying extra pair of shin guards. You're carrying extra socks. It was a trip. But see, these these are all those things now that you, you know, it's like you're. I don't know. Is it not so much? Is it masculine? It's it's it, but it's 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 mentoring, right? So I, is it one and the same? I mean, certainly. Um, you know, it, I think you masculinity. You want to project like confidence, you know, and, and strength. But you don't. I don't think it needs to be something that's that necessarily is projects. You know, like an intimidation factor or anything, right? You want to be able to make sure that you talk properly to the opposite sex and that you, you know, that you you respect what they what they do and what they are, you know, and you can coexist with them very well. Yeah, um, I, I, I think... So it's a hard, I don't know, it's a it's hard a, it's thing a hard to define. Question. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. The reason why I ask it is because it's like one of the more, one of the core things that I think as we dis as we talk on the Wholehearted Men Show with men, it's like when you look in the dictionary and you look at mascul masculinity, it really just says the attributes of, you know, the attributes... <laughs> Things attributed to, to, to being a man, right? Uh -huh. And then you go to look at man in the dictionary, and you will literally find, um, you know, language that says, um, one possessing in high degree the qualities considered distinctive of manhood, courage, strength, and vigor, you know, uh, which in, in, in today's world um, doesn't necessarily eliminate women. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying, and and so my thing is when I, when I say that it's just really to try and get a, a view of the changing faces of what you know people kind of look at as being you know masculinity, you know, uh -huh. um, and I think that's kind of why we 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 have had a particular 
thread on the show of saying just how you know how how open are we as men to look at the things that don't typically fall under the masculine umbrella and still embrace those as being part of our humanness yeah that's that's really what the show has been about and and here's the thing like a question for you like you don't have to be specific but you kind of mentioned it before saying hey making mistakes but you know um how do you recover from regret you know the regrets of the things that you could have done better how what's 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 that recovery like it's um well, you know what? It's 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 not an e- it's not an easy process. I don't think it's an easy process. Um, you know, here's something very interesting because I'm, you know, I'm getting up there in age, right? So you're mid fifties, so I'm getting up there. And last time I was at a wedding, uh, we were on Long Island. It was a really tremendous wedding, and the vast majority of people I didn't know they were New Yorkers, and and it was someone related to Valerie. And there was this, we were sitting in this spot, it was huge, and there was a young couple that was next to us. Um, and, you know, a very, you know, well-presented couple. The girl was, was beautiful, the guy was, you know, very athletic, and, and but you could see they were very accessible, they smiled, and then so eventually we started to talk to them. And the young guy, I would think, not 30 yet, you know, probably 26 to 28 and he came over we started talking you know and and what he he said to me that you know um i'm from las vegas you know and my um i I, i've been dealing with this thing for a couple of years he said that my i was playing on a, a basketball team and we were in this championship and um maybe it was years earlier actually but um and he said, my grandfather was in the hospital at the time. And so I had this, um, I had this real dilemma because we were very close. And, you know, I, I had spent some time with him, but when the game came, time for the game came, I, I, I traveled out of town with the team to go play. And in that time, my grandfather died. And I looked at him and I, you know, I didn't know him, but I could see that he was a kid of, of real character, you know? And I said, you know, don't beat yourself up on that. That your grandfather's generation, you know, my father's generation, my grandfather's generation, they they sacrificed a lot for their children and their grandchildren. So you'd be in a position to do things that maybe they couldn't have done. And um, they probably or he probably wanted you to fulfill the things that you had started. And if that you were a part of a basketball team and the team was counting on you, that's probably where he wanted you to be. I said, you know, I said, look, I can, I can see the character that you have. You know, you're, you're, you're definitely an impressive young man. I'm, and I'm sure that he knew what you thought of him, you know? And he, he just looked at me and he, you know, he, I did, he thought that would step him because we didn't know each other. But I just felt like he was, you know, like he was my son's age, you know what I mean? Maybe a little older, you know, but within five years or so. And I felt like I could tell him that. And he 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 sort of felt good after that, you know what I mean? And so that was a, a regret he had that he's still holding, 
as a young guy. I hope, you know, in some way I could, I could, I could help, I helped him move on slightly from it and give him another way to look at it. Because I believe what I told him, you know? Mm. I believe what I told him. You could see that he, he, he came from a, a, a line. You know what I mean? You could you could just tell in that very short amount of time you're, you're talking to him that he came from a family line that was very solid. Right. And and that's what those people did. You know that gen- those generations they, you know they they worked they worked hard they they, um, you know that was the first generations that were sort of getting into, you know they were just crossing into more mainstream America. You know, and maybe started be you know the first generations that start to be seen as, as as men and women you know as african-american men and women who were you know uh always had a certain amount of dignity and self-respect and all the rest of that but may not have been seen that way you know by by uh, by the greater american society so you know we all have them you know i mean mine are probably going to be even more pronounced because i'm older you know but I guess you just you move on. I hope I gave him some little bit of perspective to try to help him to move away from what what he was feeling. And I and I guess when I look back at it, I feel pretty good that he would tell me that. You know what that's, I mean? That's what I was about to say. I was about to say that I think it's important because on this show we kind of talk about what are the elders imparting. What is it that you're passing down and when are those opportunities created? Because in this particular case, you were in a situation where it wasn't orchestrated. You know, it wasn't a mentoring situation. It's not like, hey, you know, I meet with this guy every week. Uh-huh. It's one of those. It's a chance encounter. Uh-huh. And sometimes you need to have the information that lets a person cross from one side of the bridge to the other side of the bridge. Because sometimes we're stuck on one side of the bridge telling ourselves a story and not having any information from anybody else that helps us to cross over that bridge. You know, and leave the memory of my grandfather on this side so that I can get to the other side and continue on my journey. Right, right, right. And your your chance encounter with the chance, with the information that you gave was probably the wisest information in the world at that point. Don't touch that dial. For the best news, entertainment, and talk shows, stay tuned to My Star Radio. Try it. 
Let's get back to our interview with Gus Martin. If you have a if you have a culture that is functioning properly, we all know what we where we fit and what we need. My father passed a couple of years ago, right in this month, and his he's living in Tampa. He's li- had been living there for twenty five years, I think, and his there's a guy down there that's out my age who considered my father his best friend. He was, he was, he's just, re- just retired as a merchant marine, right? So they had that in common. His father was not, had not been alive for quite a while. He lives there with his wife and two children. And so, like, he basically was saying, you know, he's, a, he's, he's my best friend, but it is, essentially what he's saying is he's my friend, He's my dad. He's my confidant. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Because we all know where we, when when a culture works the way it's supposed to work, we know where we fit. We know what we need. If someone you you see someone that's older than you, you know they've got a life story that you don't that you don't you don't have. You don't you haven't lived it yet, and you can only get benefits by talking to them. You know, by looking in the 
them in their eyes and, and saying, you know, how are you, sir? How, how's everything going? And then getting information that they can that they can help you. When you have the breakdown, and I see, you know, I'm very attentive to this stuff. And when I'm on the internet and I'm seeing things that are not going right in society, and then you know things are breaking down, and then you know that that's, you know, a bad omen for for this for the USA or for whatever people that you're you know that you're referring to at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, Mister Mister Martin, you know that we could we could talk all day, right? Yes. Yes, you realize yes, that yes. we definitely could talk all day. So um, well, I did all the talking, and, and no, that's, that's the that's that, the idea that, behind the that's show. That's something that, that that you're that you're uh, blessed with <laughs> right, right from the beginning. <laughs> well, guess what? The, the the listeners have finally found that I, I I have somebody who can 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 match me word for word. You well, know. you know what? You're you're um, you're a good listener, and um, I know some people that I don't like to be around because they're not good listeners. They don't listen. They don't like to listen. So, and I feel like I'm burdening them if I if I um, uh, talk to them. This is a little out of the way, but you know the great Thelonious Monk, the mm -hmm. jazz pianist. Yeah, yeah. And and so he was, I think, being interviewed once, and he was asked what what at that moment jazz was in need of because jazz is always going through these sort of movements and changes and, and cultural shifts and all the rest of that. And his reply was better listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, maybe a, a little, and you know, that's, that, that, that's very deep. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. That's very deep, man. That's, 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 yeah. and only, only yeah. people who truly, truly understand you yeah. know, we'll get that because you know it's it's a very it's a very subtle jab in many ways. You know. Yes. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think that's that's what's happening even in society right now and in life. If you kind of look at the way people's threads are going and what's happening politically, socially, culturally, um, the world crazy. the world needs better listeners. The world needs yeah. better listeners. Yeah. 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 We, because we're just we're just at each other's throats and. It is just awful. Yeah, because awful. people, people. Here's here's the craziest thing. The craziest thing is, um, I was telling somebody the other day. I said, ugliness can never win. You know, it, it wins the short term battles. Right, right, right. You know, ugliness can win the short term battles, but you know, it it never. It's not built for long for marathons. But um, thank you so much for joining us here on the Wholehearted Men Show, Mr. Mr. Oh, man, it was, a, it was a pleasure. It's always, oh, yeah. uh, it's always good talking to you. And, and we, we always, uh, you know, we, we go on for hours. Yes. So we'll, cut this, we'll cut this one a little short. But yes, but you we'll, have, a, we'll you have an open some. invitation. I mean, you have an open invitation okay. to come back. We definitely have a round two. Today we kind of just were, did a lot of reminiscing. Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely one for me to to you know introduce you to our listeners, my my old coach who 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 grew pretty quickly into a very very close friend of mine, and um, you know we've done we've done life together. And you know when you were giving that play by play about you know uh, getting married, you know graduating, getting my first job, all that. It's funny because 
we went, you know, I went through all that with you. You know, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, first, first apartment from dorm room to first apartment. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. So you know, and 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 you know, and so exactly when you when you go through that process, and then you finally, you know, you have a moment to reflect, and you're like, wow, you know, it's it, that that was a that was a chunk of time, you know. But with that, you know. You recognize that you've moved on. You made other friends, and you've you know your life moves in other directions. So that's when you have to say, okay, now it's time to find the people that uh, that that really mean something to me. You know. So, yeah. Anyway, Unfortunately for, for you, I didn't need to find you. I've always I always know where you are. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, my brother. Love you, man. You that's take it. care. Okay. Love you too, man. You take yeah. care of yourself. Peace. Best of the family. All right. All right. Ciao. Well, it looks like we've come to the end of our show today, and I wanted to thank Gus Martins for showing up here at the Wholehearted Men Show, and um, it's been a pleasure sharing him with you, our listeners. Uh, Gus has always had some great wisdom, and not only as our soccer coach, but just as a friend over the years, he has been willing to sit down and talk and share and it's always fun being in in a dialogue because I've learned I usually learn so much and we are not always on the same side so it's always great to get into a debate with him as well and um, go back and forth but I think that when you're looking at the world and we're looking at the way the world is evolving and how men uh, grow it's a great time to circle back and talk with some men who've had great impact in my own life who've had an opportunity to pour into me and I have appreciated how he has intersected with me in my life from so many years ago and shaped me he gave me a really great view about what it's like to use a multicultural platform to bring people together to work to a common good not only as a team but just as a person who always appreciated people and he appreciated what people and he always has appreciated what people bring to the table. And that is probably the place where I first learned how to operate in a multicultural environment and how to bring people of all colors, people of all cultures and races because he's always so inquisitive about people and he always wanted to know more about people more about where they came from what their background was what their people did and I also grew into being the kind of coach who could bring a team together from different places and turn them into a unit whether I did it in a college level or I did it at a club level and but I have Gus to thank for that because he truly truly had just modeled that as a human being for me. So um, I want to thank Gus Martins for joining us. I think that it's been a pleasure uh, listening to him and sharing him with you. And I also want to thank our producer, Coffee Jaquay, for his uh, continuing work here on the Wholehearted Men Show. And uh, till next week, Sonic out. The Wholehearted Men Show. The Wholehearted Men Show. The Wholehearted Men Show. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.